Hey everybody, sorry I'm late. I found out recently that you could make more money on Broadway with a flop than a hit, so I had to rope some uh, accountant in to help me make uh, the world's biggest flop. You're listening to This Film Has Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own versions of movie sequels that never got made. I'm your host, Christopher Rivas, and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Steve Grande. Hey everybody, sorry I'm late, but uh, I was working at this bar on this California pier, and then all of a sudden there was a tornado, and all of these sharks started flying down to the (laughs) earth, and I had to rip them in half with a chainsaw, and my wife Tara Reed. Uh, this week, we have a very special guest. He's a very funny friend. He's a comedian, a writer, stand-up. Uh, and in fact, he's also like the real-life Homer Simpson. Uh, please welcome Mr. Timmy Carroll. Hey, hey! thanks for having me. Hey, sorry I'm late. I was sleeping like dead through a violent, bloody, nasty murder-suicide. I, I woke up, there was police tape and chalk outlines everywhere. I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> Timmy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, today we are talking about The Room. The Tommy Wiseau classic. Timmy, tell us a little bit about why you chose The Room. It's a cinematic masterpiece. I'm just, I, as the years go by, I keep getting more and more obsessed with it. Every time uh-huh. I see it, I get more obsessed with it. Uh, last year, the year before, my, my girlfriend did like a long burlesque number, like a burlesque version of The Room. And like it's anytime you re- recreate it, the worse you can make it, the better it is. So people <laughs> tackling it artistically is just hilarious to me. And yes. like I, I, I want to do a sequel of something that ended in death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ended pretty pretty effectively. It ended. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, Timmy, uh, for anybody who's listening to this, they can't see it. We can see each other, but nobody else will see us. Tell us a little bit about what you're wearing. What are you? What are you wearing? It is so ridiculous. So right now, I I have my black nappy hair wig on, looking like <laughs> Tommy's weird ass hair. I'm wearing a Tommy Wiseau brand dog tag that he made to commemorate the 14th anniversary of the room, because 14 <laughs> is obviously a milestone year. Big dog tags for it. I'm wearing this skin tight Gaston looking shirt that's Tommy Wiseau brand with my chest hair popping out of it and some Tommy Wiseau like jogging pants that like have like gold zippers on them. They look like they're for like black karate. <laughs> and I'm also accompanied by my Tommy Wiseau signed headshot that he signed to Catherine. <laughs> so you're very obviously not a fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that uh, I didn't discover until recently. I want to say, like, only the last, like, four or five years I discovered this movie. And I am so happy I did and so, like, dumbfounded as to how I never heard of it before just recently. Oh, I mean, it's it's still not, uh, you know, widely known. I mean, I think we know it because we're into bad movies, but we're also into, like, midnight kind of screenings, like the idea of a movie that's not just going to the theater, it's an experience that other people are equally excited about. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just like still hung up on like the 14 year anniversary, (laughs) celebrating 14 years. And I I just popped into my head, like Tommy Wiseau, how I would describe this person is that he's the kind of person that would choose to get a Zune. 
than an iPod. <laughs> and he's a Zoom person, you know? <laughs> so the, uh, the room is, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a ridiculous movie that was basically made by one man as the writer, director, star, producer of it. Uh, they came out with a movie that is uh, like a fictionalized making of it a while back called The Disaster Artist starring James Franco. Uh, but the actual movie, The Room, is its own, as, t- as Timmy put it, masterpiece. It is totally insane. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like how we can describe it for somebody who's never seen it. It's like a love story, but it's also... it's. The way that most people uh, say it is it's the Citizen Kane of terrible movies. <laughs> like, you is, couldn't make a worse yeah. one if you tried. And it's that's a, what makes it beautiful. Yeah. It, he's trying to play an homage to Tennessee Williams and, like, James Dean movies. And it's just that kind of, like, high, like better done soap opera, in a way, uh, mm-hmm. that he's, he's trying to aim for. And the fact that he doesn't know how to make a movie, doesn't know how to write for a movie, does, does not act in a movie, uh, and neither do the people around him. He, you know, it's just a beautiful failure to watch, watch someone try to do this movie and completely whiff yeah. at every yeah. turn. And I was lean into the lack of success on it so mm-hmm. hard. And like, yeah. God bless him. Like you've never seen a midnight improv show in the back of a bar go as poorly as this movie went. Mm-hmm. And it cost $6 million to make. Yeah. $6 million. <laughs> and apparently he paid for it all himself. He didn't get outside funding. And uh, the story goes, I guess, that he had a billboard up in L.A. for like four years. And yeah. the billboard had no information on it. It just like had his face and said, the room coming soon. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when it finally was ready to premiere, everyone had to see it. And it was the worst thing they'd ever seen. And yet somehow it's still playing around the country midnights every single day of the week, probably. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and he endorses it fully yeah. and like celebrates it. And I, I love that. Oh, I've, I've been to one and there are parts of the movie that I are now enhanced for me. Because I went and saw people like making jokes and stuff. Like there's a part where he waves to he's waving to people at the party, but he specifically looks, you know, bottom left side of the screen. And I just saw all these people run up to the side and like waving <laughs> up at him. <laughs> it's the so, new Rocky Horror. Yeah, I chuckle at every time I see that. <laughs> that is so absurd. Uh, so this movie obviously is. Um, its own beast and there's no way that anybody could possibly do it justice but we've tried yeah. we, we've tried to do it justice and to make this the long lost sequel that we never got to the ultra successful The Room and this is a movie that we couldn't just tackle with the three of us so we brought in a couple of special guests to help us read through these scripts here today uh, you've heard them both on the podcast before please welcome Mr. Justin Schilling. Oh, hey, sorry I'm late. I'm a little winded, but I was uh, was taking a hiking trip through the woods with my friends, and we were recording it, and then I found this cabin and this 
creepy lady just popped out of nowhere. My friend was standing naked in a corner, and man, the snot was pouring out of my nose. I really needed to get a, a Kleenex, but I'm glad I made it. I'm really you glad I made it. must have been so scared. I'm glad you I made it. I was so scared. It was such a terrifying experience. And please welcome as well. Uh, you've heard her on the show before. She's also uh, our resident artist who does the artwork for all of our episodes, the amazing Kira Redzenek. Oh, hey guys, so sorry I'm late. Uh, my dogs got lost, but both Chance and Shadow ran off. And then I I lost, believe it or not, somehow one of them let the cat out. And so now I'm just looking for Cassie and I don't even think she comes when I call her. So I don't know if I'm gonna get any of them back. Here's to hoping, uh, but I made it, I made it. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be homeward bound soon. Um, <laughs> Karen, Justin, thank you so much for being with us. Obviously, we know you guys are big Room fans as well. Oh yeah, we wouldn't miss this for the world. We 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 even saw him at one of his screenings before. Lots of belts. I just want to cue in. He wore lots of belts. Not just one. Not two. At least four. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he we insisted. Only belt came up. Yeah. We were like a little shy when we met him. Like we were like, "Oh my god, it's Tommy Wiseau." And like we didn't even know if we were going to go up to take a picture, but man, did he make sure we took a picture with him. When he wouldn't did, let us go in the theater until man, we did. He did. <laughs> yes. Oh, that man is a national treasure. Uh, so as as uh as we were thinking about writing scripts for this, Steve turns to me and he says, uh, this is going to be the biggest thing I've ever done. And I need to bring in some extra people. And Steve, I think you should just take it away and tell us a little bit about what what you've done. <laughs> what have you done to us? Yeah, so uh, as I was watching this movie, I realized that this movie, at its core, is a horror movie. So <laughs> I made a short film, a short, like, 12 to 15-minute film of... Uh, what the sequel of The Room would be if it was a horror movie. <clears throat> so uh, a couple notes for this um, before we get into casting. Um, there's going to, you know, it's it's 12 pages long. So I'm just going to try to zip through it as fast as I can with, uh, with uh, screen direction. So uh, we're just going to keep up the pace the whole time. Uh, there is a part at the end where uh, the three of us, Tim uh, and Chris, we are uh, a certain character. I don't want to spoil it. That's why it's listed as N1, N2, N3. Um, if you don't know who this person is, Tim, just try to mimic what Chris and I are doing because it's a specific person that we know. And uh, then there's a part of the end. What? A person we know in life. Uh, uh, you you might. I know that Chris and I know this person from film and and, and oh. elsewhere. Oh. Um, yeah, no, not someone we know personally. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there, like the big the big ending is that our three characters are going to be saying different lines at the same time. Um, and there's directions for the for the uh, the two other people that'll be played by Kira and Justin. Um, that are going to like scream. So give it five seconds of us talking on top of each other and then scream. Uh, okay. So uh, completely forget all that audience. That was just some inside <laughs> talk. Uh, but you know what? Whatever. You're not going to remember this by the time we get to the end because it's 12 pages long. Um, oh my God. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the role of Jessica will be played by Kira. Dougie will be played by Justin. The roles of Brad, Mark, Johnny, and N3 will be played by Timmy. Uh, I will be playing Lucy, Franny, Peter, and N1. And then Chris, you will be playing Denny, Lisa, N2, and of course, no one else can play Chris R. But you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. This is the first time I'm putting two and two together on that. Sar <laughs> yeah, is the best character in the room. And he's also me. Yep. <laughs> All right, folks. All right, any questions? No. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the haunted room. Fade in on a decrepit living room in an abandoned house. The room is dirty, dusty, and clearly in disarray. We hear the creak of the door as it slowly opens. A group of sexy CW teens walk in. Uh, It is led by Jessica, the wholesome virgin. Behind her is Dougie, Jessica's nerdy best friend, who's hoping to be just more than friends. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Following that pair is another couple, Brad and Lucy, the two most popular students in their class. Brad is the, Brad from being the star quarterback, and Lucy, who is always the life of the party. Brad is carrying a six-pack of beer with him. They emerge through the door, examining the, the King house. The door remains open as they stand in the middle of the room. Wow, look at this place. This is where it all happened. Where all what happened? I thought we were just looking for a place to get drunk at. You haven't heard of the Baizo Massacre? No, what's that? 17 years ago, a super successful banker and philanthropist named Johnny Baizo killed himself at his own birthday party. Wait, Baizo, as in the guy they they renamed the Golden Gate Bridge after? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. While his efforts seemed small at the time, his ideas changed the way banking is done these days. They were a big reason how America got out of the 08 recession. People are calling him the modern-day Alexander Hamilton, but his suicide wasn't anywhere as crazy as what happened next. What happened? The story is that all the people that attended the party were so grief-stricken that he committed suicide. And then they did, too. Over 40 people associated with him died that same night. Some of them weren't even at the party. Some were just people that interacted with him weeks before the party. Oh, wait. No way. Jessica, are you taking us on one of those other lame ghost hunting adventures? (sighs) Can't believe we passed on Sully's kegger for this shit. Hey, now, Lucy. Jessica isn't hunting ghosts. She's trying to communicate with them. And I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) He throws up the double double finger guns. Uh, Jessica is embarrassed, but also kind of buying what Dougie is selling. Winky face emoji. (laughs) Well, look. I know the past couple of times were busts, but I have a strong feeling that there is a presence in this house tonight, and there is a full moon tonight, and it's Friday the 13th, and as we were walking here, I saw a black cat break a mirror under a ladder. And none of that was a red flag to you that maybe we shouldn't go into a fucking haunted house? Come on, Brad. If we leave now, we still might make it in time to see Sully do the Cupid Shuffle naked on the front lawn again. 
no, wait, please, you guys, we're already here. Can we at least, like, look around for a bit? I mean, if we don't find anything in 15 minutes, we can leave. Promise. <sighs> Fine. 15 minutes and we're gone. Thank you. All right. Remember, we're looking for items that are important to the spirits in this house. So if you see anything that looks like it could be like a keepsake or, you know, something along those lines, just grab it and bring it back to me. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the kitchen. And I'm going to go help him look for booze. I mean, keepsakes. Brad and Lucy walk into the kitchen. Dougie, now realizing he's alone with Jessica, he slyly saunters towards her. This is his <laughs> chance to tell her how he feels. Jessica is focused only on looking for keepsakes. Well, well, well. It looks like it's just you and... Jessica sharply turns around. Hey, Dougie. Yeah? Would you mind if... Yeah. You go look upstairs. I uh, just figured it would be quicker if we, you know, split up. Dougie is devastated, but he ma- he masks his disappointment and puts on a happy face. Yeah, of course. I'm on it. Great, thanks. And hey, uh, start with the roof, okay? Dougie nods and walks up the steps. As he turns, he, we see the look of fear on his face as he stares at the steps. The staircase is dark and full of cobwebs. Dougie timely uh, begins to w- walk up the steps. Uh, a few moments later, uh, Jessica's looking through the room. She comes across a picture of Johnny and Lisa. She takes note of how happy they look together. She continues <laughs> to look at the picture frames, but then she suddenly stops as she sees the last frame on the wall. It's a frame with a picture of a spoon in it. Confusion overtakes her face as she stares at it. She reaches up to grab it, and we see that as she goes for the wall, she feels something behind her. She sees that it's Denny, but he's a ghost now. Jessica turns around, gasps, and jumps backwards. Hey, it's okay. Don't worry. Everything is going to be fine. Oh, my God. You're a ghost. Yes, I finally saw one. And I finally saw one. A pretty girl, that is. Um, thanks. Uh, can I ask you a question? Sure. Only if I can ask you one after. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Um, were you here that night? Yep, I was. And now I can never leave this place. Are you, like, in purgatory? Is there a reason why you can't leave? (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I get it. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) That makes more sense. (laughs) Now I get to ask you a question. Okay, well, what do you want to ask? Can I kiss you? What? Ew, no. I mean, I'm sorry. You're just not my type. Also, I really don't even know you. That's a weird thing to ask a stranger. Plus, I kind of have a crush on someone else. And wait, you're a ghost. How would that even work? Well, I have to go now. Denny shrinks his form and flies into the spoon picture frame. <laughs> Jessica stands silent for a moment, dumbfounded. Still not the strangest way a guy has tried to kiss me. Hmm. Cut to Brad and Lucy in the kitchen. Lucy is watching Brad while he is bent over with his ass in the air, rummaging through the drawers. Ugh, nothing. No liquor anywhere. This sucks. Why don't we take a break from looking and uh, Lucy grins mischievously as she gets closer to Brad. She pushes up him up against the wall, gets on her knees, and starts to undo his pants. Oh, fuck yes. 
Cut to Dougie cautiously opening the door on the roof. He looks and sees that the roof is just as desolate as the rest of the house. He slowly walks out into the middle and sees a football lying on the ground. He picks it up and sees that it's a bit deflated. He turns the ball around and sees the logo on the back that says TB12. He chuckles and says, <laughs> Classic. He continues to examine the ball as we see ghost Chris R. behind him holding a gun. <laughs> Dougie, a ghost gun, that is. Dougie turns around and sees the ghost and screams. Ah! Where's my fucking money? I want my money, Denny. You better fucking have it. <laughs> Dougie takes the ball and runs quickly, unlike Tom Brady, towards the door. <laughs> he slams the door behind him, narrowly escaping the spirit. Note, Chris R's spirit is cursed to stay only on the roof. I don't know how or why, but that's the case. Dougie runs down the stairs to the second floor. Cut to Jessica walking up the stairs. She sees a door slightly ajar. She creeps up to it and slowly pushes it open. She looks and, and sees it's a bathroom. As she fully opens the door, she sees the ghost Mark looking into the mirror while he's shaving with his Bic razor. His neck is constantly bleeding as he vigorously is shaving while the hair continues to grow back. No, I don't I don't know how he's bleeding and why the hair is growing back. Shut up and just go with it. Uh, he turns his head to Jessica and becomes very angry. How can you do this to me? Johnny was my best friend. How could you do this? To me. Jessica screams and runs away. Cut to Brad and Lucy in the kitchen while she continues to perform oral sex on him. <laughs> I think I heard Jessica screaming. And eh, she screams all the time. A mouse probably ran by her foot or something. But what if she's in trouble? If you want to go look for her and be the first man in the history in in history to ever walk away from a BJ, go right ahead. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Lucy continues to do the deed as Brad starts to relax. Uh, cut to Dougie entering the bedroom. He looks and sees a blood-stained dra red dress and a gun laying on the bed. He then looks and sees a bright light out of the window. He timidly walks towards it and looks out. He sees that the lighting is coming from the abandoned florist shop across the street. He sees two <laughs> figures standing in the threshold, a woman and a pug. She looks at up at Dougie and says, Oh, I didn't realize it was you. The light behind them and their eyes glow red. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> As she laughs, the dog's head begins a 360 spin a la the exorcist. Dougie screams, grabs the dress, football gun, and runs out the door into the hallway. Come back to Brad and Lucy in the kitchen doing the same old, same old. While Brad is enjoying it, he briefly opens his eyes and sees something across from him. It's Ghost Mike and Ghost Michelle, and she's giving him a BJ as well. They have a brief <laughs> moment of head nodding, basically saying to each other, nice, bro. Uh, Brad's smile turns into a frown and he sees Mike's face cartoonishly shifting around. Brad begins to be worried. Hey, babe. I think we should... Oh my god! Will you just shut up and come already? God damn, my neck is starting to hurt. She continues, but Brad still looks worried. Cut to the hallway. Dougie and Jessica are running away from their respective rooms, and they end up running into each other. They fall onto the ground, and Jessica lands on top of Dougie. While still scared, they share a tender moment as they stare into each other's eyes. 
Hey. Hey. Are you okay? You aren't going to believe what I just saw. Dude, samesies. I've been seeing some crazy shit. Dude, samesies kind of ruined the moment, but... What was that? Uh, nothing. Have you seen Brad and Lucy? Cut to the catch. Uh, sorry, cut back to the kitchen. Mike's O-face intensifies. The cabinets <laughs> and drawers begin to shake. He moves his head and face so fast and so sharply, you'd think it might fall off. The cabinet and drawers are equally violently shaking, as just like Mike's face. Mike's head starts <laughs> moving, and he screams as he's climaxing. The scream is deafening. As we zoom in to the utensil drawer, as it shakes extremely violent, it then explodes and opens with thousands and thousands of spoons flying into the air, kind of like the blood in the middle of the bed in Nightmare on Elm Street. Cut back to the hallway. Dougie and Jessica react to hearing the yell slash explosion. They look at each other and say, The kitchen! They collect their keepsakes and sprint down the stairs. They open the kitchen doors and are devastated by the horror they see. Brad and Lucy are hanging to the wall with count with a countless amount of spoons stabbed through them. Jessica begins to cry as Dougie tries to console her. Dougie is in sh- is still in shock as he stares at the fallen spoons as they begin to be covered with blood. He snaps out of it, looks at Jessica, and says, "We need to get the hell out of here." <laughs> but we can't just leave them like. Yes, we can, but we're going to be next. Let's go. Dougie and Jessica run towards the still open front door. Right as they get to it, the door slams shut. They freeze. They hear a soft laugh getting louder. (laughs) We see three spirits burst through the wall. They swirl in the air above them until a cloud of smoke rises. We then see Johnny, Lisa, and Peter's spirits appear through the smoke. Johnny and Lisa, uh, Johnny looks at the two, menacingly moves towards them. He stops, breaks his imposing stare, and says, Oh, hi, Jessica. Oh, hi, Buggy. <laughs> How do you know our names? Oh, my God. It's, it's really them. <laughs> we might be dead spirits, but our ears still work, little baby face. <laughs> well, listen to this. You're trapped here forever. You can never leave. For our tortured souls are trapped here for all eternity. We can never move on because we helped unintentionally facilitate the broken heart and subsequential expiration of this great man. (laughs) For you will share our misery. Johnny and Lisa look at each other and they give the look of like, oh, fuck this guy. Lisa turns back to Jessica and Dougie. That's right. We're always listening. Now... You're going to hear screams forever. Your screams when we torture you. Your worst nightmare is here, and her name is Lisa Fernberger. Everyone in the room, except Lisa, begins to chuckle, looking around to make sure that everyone heard the words that were just said. That's so funny. It's just that um, we're surprised your actual last name is Fernberger. It's the most ridiculous last name I've ever heard. Like, I don't know. Just think that last name is the most horrific part of today. Silence. Lisa throws her ghost bottle of wine at them. They duck and ghost bottle sh- uh, the ghost bottle shatters against the wall behind them. Wait, wait, please don't hurt him. We're so sorry for intruding. We, we mean you no disrespect. 
I'm a medium, and I heard of your story. It compelled me to come here and see if the legend was true. I I just want to help you. Sorry there, but it is impossible to help us. We've been ghosts for a long time, and we feel this pain every day. I'm fed up with this afterworld. I've heard of your curse before. The only way to break it is for you to witness true love again. Like I said, it is impossible. My heart is broken from Lisa because she is a devil woman. A devil woman, honestly. He's right. I'm an actual descendant of the devil. After 10,000 years of only eating baby heads, I wanted to move on to the next best thing. Men. This has all happened because of me and my curse. The curse that all women possess. Wait, hold the fuck up. All women what? I don't care that you're a demonic entity. Don't you even dare think that women are evil to the core. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call it like I'm seeing it. You obviously prey on the weak men that are so blinded by their over- overwhelming vanity that they construct their own world around them. You fed on the simpleton who can barely string a cohesive sentence together, made him feel an excessive amount of self-worth, and his mediocrity was a mirage to the paradise he believed he was owed. Your plan worked perfectly, and you look down, or and you took down this community. You ruined lives. You ruined families. Some would argue those associated with him helped uh, develop a unique case of Stockholm Syndrome, and they... Shut up, you jabroni psychologist. I didn't ask for your advice. I know. He's always trying to be psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just just wanted to... uh... Uh, I don't see your picture in the wall, so you must not be all that important. We're all thinking it. Die angry about it again psychologist bitch (laughs) Peter tries to leave and trips like he did when he was playing football he looks up oh yeah we can never leave Peter (laughs) quietly floats back to the spot he was previously in let's stop dicking around and get to the point you need to witness true love and to do that is to experience it through a selfless act Jessica turns to Dougie tonight I witnessed that selfless act Dougie is one of the biggest wimps I've ever met. He once dove across a classroom because a bee flew into a window next to him. But tonight, he went alone through a haunted house. Not because he was curious. Not because he wanted an adventure. But just because I asked him. Because he was cute when he tries to hide when he's scared. Because there's no no one either of us would rather spend our time with. Because when he looks at me, I know he loves me more than anything. And I, I love him back. I just, I love the character he has and what he's developed into. (laughs) They stare into each other's eyes for a moment. Jessica grabs him close and kisses him passionately. The three ghosts begin to howl. No! (laughs) I don't believe it. This can't be true love. It can't be. It's conspiracy. Record scratch. Jessica stops kissing Dougie, pulls back from him, and <laughs> looks at the ghosts. Wait a second. Conspiracy? It can't be. Jessica walks up to Ghost Johnny and reaches for his neck. She grabs it and feels something odd. It's wearing a mask. She pulls back the mask and says, <gasps> Neil Breen? And I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your dog. You mean... The dog across the street that barely had any impact on how this turned out? (laughs) Why are you doing this? I want to be honest with you. 
I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. Oh, no, no, no. If, if it's him, that means... Jessica slowly approaches Ghost Lisa and reaches out to her neck. She peels back Lisa's mask, and to her horror, it's another Neil Breen. It's you. It's really you. Jessica watches Dougie walk over to Ghost Peter. He looks at her and takes off Peter's mask. And you guessed it, another <laughs> Neil Breen. It's clean. It's all clean. Jessica and Dougie begin to step backwards away from the Breens. Behind the <laughs> Breens, all the ghosts in the house return. They pull off their masks, setting up a wall of Breens that are slowly advancing towards our protagonist. All the Breens start talking at the same time. Jessica and Dougie are holding each other tight. All over the world, these this is people. Uh, all you, the world, I have discovered more information than anyone I have all the truth. <laughs> Again, I can no. allow them to slip. They cower as the Breens surround them completely. We see the Breens eclipse them like a zombie pile as the, we zoom into the back of one of the Breens. Fade to black. The end. Peter, the character, by the way, that they switched actors with, like halfway through, that like he's, plays yeah, like he was the weird the psychologist, and then like the cousin or something later. Yeah, like his part. His part was supposed to be like he he like is that random guy at the party that's like, why are you yeah, doing the this? Friend, and but then he, he couldn't a film the rest of the movie, so like this random guy just comes to try to reconcile the couple. It's so weird. Yeah, love the Peter. Love Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was feeling bad for Peter, and then when they're playing football, he throws it so weirdly underhanded. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't defend, you. I can't defend you, Peter. <laughs> like that's why everyone shits on you in this. In this. He just slapped him, uh, America in the face with that throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that was quite the journey. Yeah, that, that was, was a whole journey. Meal. I'm not going to see it tonight. <laughs> You're be haunted by Neil Breen's everywhere. No! Just <laughs> All three of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like that you, uh, you made it about new characters and you gave a legacy to the old ones. That was really absurd. I do think Tommy Wiseau would have liked it, too. I think that he would pick that up and be like, oh, they made, like, an extra film for me? Wow, I they love made, it. They made a sequel to The Room. Wow. Oh, very hot girls in there. Very hot girls. Like the blowjobs. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Apparently he's too in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Neil Breen. <laughs> oh. See, I don't know. I think Neil Breen would come after me with everything he's got. Because well, he <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I was working with a theater here in Chicago, and they had done a room spoof musical, and they got, like, cease and desist letters from Tommy's, like, law office, but it was, like, clearly fake. Like, it was like Tommy made the document, and we all could tell. 
you know? <laughs> oh my God. I'm surprised he wouldn't like the musical. He like, he genuinely got mad. Like he doesn't like when he other does. people do he stuff. Gets, he gets really mad about it. He, God, he's, he's come so after, weird. he's got, he's gone after people. Like I watch a lot of like internet critics over movies and stuff. And he's gone after people that like review his movie and like he'll make them take it down. God, he's an alien. God. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, uh, did, did everybody like the Scooby Doo ending? I love it. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. And they were all Neil Breen. I watched a lot of ghost hunting shows, like uh, what's it called, Zach Baggins and stuff uh-huh. like. And uh, me and my girlfriend are amateur ghost hunters that hang out in cemeteries like weirdos. And when we're watching those shows, I said just okay. once. One time, I want a goddamn Scooby Doo ending. It's never Scooby Doo. Yeah. yeah, it's never Old Man Whitaker from from the amusement park. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good Scooby Doo ending, for sure. Uh, <laughs> the little dog too. <laughs> oh wow. wow! So, so Steve, you took us in a horror direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to take it in a slightly different direction. I tried to go more law. Um, and I tried to write something that would be uh, in the vein of The Room 2, right? So, like, The Room is, uh, it feels very, like, real in the sense that, like, oh, maybe, like, he really did have this experience where a woman cheated on him with his best friend and it, like, destroyed their relationship and that kind of thing. And then, um, maybe someone had cancer, so like he added that in. So I tried to like go with that and use that as a basis. So my movie is um, the follow-up where he's made the room and it's become successful, and he wrote a sequel that's about him uh, struggling in Hollywood after having made the successful room. <sighs> Uh, thank you for bringing up the cancer. I really appreciate uh, that coming back into the story to come full circle because I always wanted to know the ending. So I'm very looking forward to yeah, well, what uh, happened in the breast cancer. I'm going to tell you uh, that's not going to come up in mine. But Damn it. And I, and in fact, I was going to add another line like uh, maybe early. This, this scene that we're about to read through is called The Courtroom. That's the title of the movie, The Courtroom. And uh, this is sort of like towards the end of the movie maybe. But I want there to be a moment earlier on where someone is like, listen, I've got super AIDS. And then it just never comes back and we never know. (laughs) Just keep adding those types of moments in there. Um, (laughs) So this is the courtroom. Uh, Steve, we're going to have you play lawyer. Okay. And Mark. Uh, Timmy, we're going to have you play Jimmy and Johnny. (laughs) Uh, Justin will have you read the role of judge and Kira will have you read the role of executive. The courtroom. Interior courtroom day. Jimmy, Tommy Wiseau, sits on the stand. Lawyer paces before stopping in front of Jimmy. Now, uh, Jimmy, no last name? No, Your Honor. You don't have to call me Your Honor. I'm not a judge. Okay. Jimmy, why do you want to sue Hollywood? Because they liars. And what did they lie about? Everything. Oh, Jimmy make movie. 
it be good. People watch. People watch, but they hate. I make good movie, and they make fun. Well, there have been flops before. My movie not flop. My movie hit. I work hard. People watch all over. So what's the problem? They laugh. I make serious movie, and they laugh. They only watch midnight movie. But they're still watching it, right? Your movie brings joy to so many people. But then I get deal. Hollywood say, make more, Jimmy, make more. So I do, because I'm such a good guy. Judge chimes in. He is a good guy. <laughs> murmurs, murmurs spread throughout the court, including the jury. People whispering to each other, what a good guy Jimmy is. The judge bangs his gavel, and, and the murmurs stop. He points the gavel to the lawyer, who continues. So you made more. I don't see the problem. They hate it. Tell me what I make isn't good enough. It's hard to make successful movies back to back. <laughs> Not for me. I am genius. Hollywood say so. Interior boardroom, day. Flashback to Jimmy in a dark boardroom. Jimmy stands at the head of a table in front of a projector screen. We see that the room credits start rolling. The lights fade up and we see sitting around the table are various people in suits, including some who look like they brought the suit from home and it isn't appropriate for a boardroom, but it's still a suit. <laughs> executive, uh, a large woman smoking a cigar, sits at the opposite end of the table. She removes the cigar from her mouth. Well, Jimmy, you're a genius. We'll buy whatever you make next. <laughs> the people around the table start nodding in agreement and shaking each other's hands. Cut back to courtroom day. And the problem is... People not like other projects. Just want more of same. So why did you want to make more of the same? Because I am artist. You wouldn't understand. Jimmy, if I may, how did you pay for that first movie? That's easier. Mafia give me money. Say if I don't pay them back, they break my nose. But... You were able to pay them back? Of course. I am big success. And what's your next project? Are you gonna back are you going back to them? Jimmy's eyes go wide as he notices a man in the back of the courtroom. Hmm. It's Peyton Manning wearing a suit like a nineteen thirties gangster. And he tosses a football to himself. He gives Jimmy an I'm watching you gesture by pointing at his own eyes and then to Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Huh? Oh, uh, well, I try going to Hollywood, but they not give me the money. And that's why you're suing them. That's correct. And what's your next movie about? It's meta. Uh, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> try me. It's about a successful artist who everyone like, not getting a chance in Hollywood, so he has to sue Hollywood to get the money he needs for his next project. Joanna, this is ridiculous. Jimmy, even though you're such a good guy, this court finds in favor of Hollywood. You're tearing me apart, Judge! Don't you sue Hollywood ever again. I make big successful movie, you see, and people like it. I'll show you. I'll show you all. Fade <laughs> <laughs> two. Exterior rooftop day. A hand holds a script with the last lines of dialogue we just heard written on it. The script is closed to reveal the title page. The courtroom is written in all caps. Beneath the title, we see the words, By Mark. 
we see that Mark was reading the script to Johnny, who sits in a chair. So, what do you think? Johnny puts his hands behind his head and laughs. <laughs> cool story, Mark. <laughs> you didn't like it. It's not that. People want love, sex, <laughs> cancer. I don't know. Maybe if Jimmy was vampire? What? That would completely change everything. You asked for my opinion. You're right. Thanks, Johnny. You really are a good guy. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You're a good friend, too, who would never undermine my relationship and drive me off to the edge. Now let's go bake a cake for my best girl, Lisa, who I love so much. <laughs> Via the stairwell as the camera pulls out and pans up to show the San Francisco skyline. Fade to black. The end. <laughs> That this was an inception of the room. <laughs> also, uh, well written lines for Tommy Wiseau. I feel like they actually were like quotes from him the whole time. Like, it's like you know how to write for him way too well, and then you know how to perform it way too well, that it felt way too real. <laughs> 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 I would I would argue that uh, the both of them watched a order I mean a, <laughs> a episode of Law and Order right before <laughs> getting to writing on the rooftop. <laughs> That's how I see it. Oh yeah. <laughs> dun dun. Just yeah, dun dun dun. Zig you zagged. <laughs> yeah. was that was a great performance of Tommy though. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It was so, it really like was our, very our grounded. Is really missing out with the wig. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, like the full the full blown experience, yeah. yeah Especially uh, when you laugh and move your hair back. <laughs> As uh, as the artist here, can you guys send me a quick like Zoom uh, Skype pic of him? I'll make sure he's uh included <laughs> in the the tra- the trailer picture. I would love <laughs> if he gets to be part of the trailer picture. <laughs> I think yeah, the trailer is the picture is uh is definitely you. This um <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're gonna make it work real hard. <laughs> oh my god. That was so funny. Uh, thank you for <laughs> for reading that silliness. Um, thank you. Uh, let's move along. Timmy, you've written a script with one of the best titles I've ever read. Uh, the Room 2, a bigger room that is different. Grin the first, from the first one, and also maybe Johnny a Vampire this time. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so please take us through. All right. This one, uh, it's pretty direct. It's kind of a direct continuation of the first story. Uh, Except, uh, you know, the the curtain was lifted up by all the, uh, everything that has happened since the room. And I said, why lower that curtain again? I'm going to leave that curtain up. (laughs) So we're going to be hopping in and out of the story. And uh, I'm waiting for my script to load here on my phone. And uh, let me throw out some parts. Uh, uh, Some parts are the same person. Uh, So... Uh, Chris R. I'm going to yeah. go out and say Chris R. should play Chris R. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll play Johnny <laughs> slash Tommy. Uh, Grande, you want to play Mark slash Greg? Okay. And also 
Denny. Okay. Uh, Kira, uh, can you play Lisa, Susan, and Elisa? God, that would be an honor. Uh, uh, I'm oh, I'm so sorry. I totally I forgot your name. Um, I, I'm I'm just a winner of the best actor award from Top Shorts July 2020. I I don't know how you don't know who I am. No, I'm, I'm so Justin. Sorry. <laughs> His name is Justin. Justin, I'm sorry. Justin. I'm- <laughs> Justin was the person I was talking about who owns a Zoom, by the way, yeah. everyone. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Justin no, I, owns a Zoom and he bought a second one when it broke. I you did. No, 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 yes. no, no. When no. it broke, he I bought a second one, one and now he has a Zoom. SAM disc. I have one Zoom that I've only had and still here somewhere on this desk. And again, now he has a SAM disc. I use a, a SAM disc MP3, MP3 player. player. Because I uh, like to Grandpa. save the battery on my phone. You know, maybe, you know what? I don't want to be judged for my dated technology I like to use, okay? <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> um, okay. It's something. It's something. Right. It's Justin. something. Justin, can you play <laughs> Denny and Sandy? Or I could play Denny and Sandy. And uh, Revis, can you also play Raphael? Yes. Ooh, you okay. got a lot of characters and, going here. Then I believe then I believe we are covered. And Kira, you're uh, Lisa, Susan, and Alyssa. I'm Denny and Sandy. And also, uh, Juliet. Oh, I'm every woman. I'm well, Ju- Juliet and Lisa are the same person. You're the same. actor and the character. Great. <laughs> Thank you so kindly. And uh, I'm still waiting for my thing to load on my phone. I don't know why it's not working. Oh no! Oh, here you go. Okay. All right, are we all ready to roll? Let's do yes. it. All right. Give us the title one more time here, too. Oh, the title is The Room 2, a bigger room this time, different than the first one, and also maybe Johnny Vampire, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Interior day. Mark and Lisa are in the living room, frantically coming up with a plan. It's not our fault. Oh, Yeah. It's that, is that what you're going to tell the American cops? He did this to himself. We pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. I was tearing him apart. (laughs) The gun is in his hand. There's gunpowder on the trigger thumb. Every cop in this town knows Johnny was stable. He gave tons of money to the police foundation. He's a stone in the corner of the community. (laughs) They'll never think he'd commit suicide. They're going to come looking for his future wife and her baby-faced lover boy. Lover boy. (laughs) Okay, stop. You're right. We got to ditch the body. We got to call Denny. That's right. Denny knows people with shovels. (laughs) Johnny enters the room down the spiral staircase. Bloody as hell, but moving normally. Looks like I'm tardy to the party. (laughs) Mark and Lisa jump in surprise. Johnny! What the? How's the? How did you? Uh, this can't be. Relax, baby face. You look like you see ghosts or something. <laughs> Johnny, you were dead. I saw you. You you shot yourself in the head multiple times. <laughs> it's lucky day. Turn out I definitely have brain cancer. We'll <laughs> hit the tumor in the brain. 
low tumor right out back of skull, missing vital cerebral vortex and front lobes. Jesus. <laughs> Doctors say it million in one shot, maybe million in two. That is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, second chance at living. Time to take care of unfinished business. <laughs> Johnny starts walking to the door. Where will you go? <laughs> I am leaving this room. I go to a different room, a bigger room, where my friends all love me. A second room. A room number two. <laughs> Johnny exits and slams the door behind him. Shot changes from the awkwardly lit style of the room to a wide shot of the a wide shot of the entire set in black and white and on a handheld camera. We're finally seeing that BTS footage. Was he trying to pepper in the name of the sequel in the end there? Yeah, it it just it wasn't subtle. How the fuck are you not asking about the doctor? When when can there have possibly been a doctor? <laughs> Tommy pops his head back in the door. Sandy, it metaphor. <laughs> Cut to opening credit sequence. Exterior day. We see our all-American guy, Johnny, riding on the streetcars of San Francisco while the credits appear on the screen. The shot is of the cars moving right to left across the screen, opposite of in the first movie. This is important. Pay attention. Might come back. (laughs) Cut to opening credits. (laughs) Fate to Johnny approaching mental hospital. Exterior day. Johnny walks up the long staircase into a building Pass a sign over the entrance that says San Francisco Center for the Mentally Crazy. <laughs> Interior day. Johnny approaches the front desk. Oh, hi, Johnny. You're my favorite philanthropist. Thank you for that large endowment. <laughs> that is what she said. <laughs> oh, Johnny, that is why you're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I make American jokes. <laughs> Enough chit chatting, okay? I'm here to make withdrawal. You got it, Johnny. Anything for you. Susan hits a large red button on the desk. A horn sounds, and the first door behind her begins to slowly open. Out walks Chris R. Oh, hi, Chris R. Chris R slowly approaches Johnny, looking really pissed off. Gets right up in his face like he's going to punch him, and he hugs him. You saved my life, Johnny. I was headed down the wrong path. Hey, least I can do for fellow Tulane alum. We are brother. I don't know how I can ever repay you. <laughs> Start by getting in car, hotshot. We have someone to see. Johnny and Chris are leave the facility and get in Johnny's car, even though he clearly took the streetcar there. You <laughs> <laughs> see a long traveling sequence of the two in the car together, driving past notable landmarks and pointing at them while public domain American rock and roll plays. <laughs> <laughs> The car pulls up to a public park where Denny is throwing a football at a basketball hoop. <laughs> God damn it. So, such a good picture. Oh, oh, hi, Denny. Ah, Jenny, watch out. It's Chris R. <laughs> it's okay, Jenny. I read. It's okay, Denny. I rehabilitate him. He's a friend now. Is this true? It is, Denny. I'm no longer mad. And don't worry about the money. Johnny has paid your debts. And then some. Denny, I think Chris R. has something he wants to say to you. Denny, I want to mentor you. (laughs) Mentor? Me? Johnny helped me turn my life around. And I want to do the same for you. Teach you how to change a flat tire. 
fishing, sports, and firearm safety. Wow. That would be great. That is, as long as it's okay with Johnny. <laughs> of course. I love it. In my idea. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I have business to attend to. Johnny walks <laughs> off and jumps back on the streetcar, seemingly abandoning his actual car for no reason. <laughs> Cut to the new room. Interior, night. Johnny walks into a room, except... <laughs> Except this time, everything is exactly the same, only bigger. Bigger couch, bigger TV, and there are photos of ladles on the wall. He's met, <laughs> he is met by a woman named Elisa, still played by Juliet Danielle, but now she has massive breast implants. Hey, lover, how was your day? Well, let us just say, it's a day I will not forget. How about I help you relieve your stress? Elisa begins to unzip her dress. <laughs> Not if I relieve yours first. Johnny immediately strips butt-ass naked. <laughs> this time we see everything. It's a full-on dong shot. Cameras one, two, three, and X are all aimed at Johnny's meat. Capturing all his angles, digital and analog format. <laughs> <laughs> He's perfectly landscaped and has a large doughy, fully intact foreskin. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back to the black and white BTS shot of the crew. The case for this guy being born in America is quickly dwindling. This is making me sad. I'm sad. I'm a sad man. Fuck it. The checks are still clearing. Back to the movie cameras. Johnny throws Alyssa on the bed. Aim wherever you aim, baby. <laughs> Johnny begins going to town, jabbing his wiener towards her belly button. Fade to black. The end. right for him like it's like you're both in his brain it blows my goddamn mind yeah these were all really good guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. these are all well thought out sequels or not like or random not. <laughs> <laughs> they all pretty, yeah, yeah they all were pretty much sequels everybody had a sequel that was the most incredible thing uh <laughs> he really captured I felt like he wrote that that was amazing yeah. right that's what I said his descriptions uh, every scene with the description I actually could picture what was going on that's why I, I genuinely lost it thinking about Denny just standing there like hopelessly old looking holding a uh, like a damn like a football a damn football to throw into a it's basketball just the sound of a football off of the backboard <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's everything. still not going in <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. um, I, I I do want to say like uh, with the sex scene at the end, um, there I remember multiple times that I introduced this to people. Their refer, their initial reaction was, "Are you making me watch a porn?" Oh yeah, the it, cheese, his cheese curd ass, just that his cheese curds as he fucks the, slowly like, in the belly button. There's like three. There's three sex scenes, right? Because it's like. There's three in the first 20, 25 you minutes of the movie. You are my rose. You are my rose. You are my rose. 
And uh, for for mine, I watched it free on YouTube, and it was like it said mostly clean version. So I was like, oh okay, they fixed up some of the digital stuff, so it looks better. That kind of clean. Nope, it meant content clean. So when it came to the sex scenes on YouTube, it just goes to this completely blurry screen that cut out all the audio and just ma- it just makes this like sound. <laughs> it's not like you could see anything anyway. I mean, no, but it was just—it was just like, wow, that that made my experience better because I didn't have to experience those sex scenes <laughs> and him trying to fuck her belly button. Yeah, you see, she was like abnormally shirtless for a very long time for all That's those fucking shots. Yeah, it's just like it's really built. That guy's built for like no reason for his age. <laughs> oh yeah, and the way you described his penis was uh, as the female in this conversation. <laughs> Uh, was so accurate to what I imagined his penis to be like. Like when I think about how he would have written his penis into the scene, yes, he would have had 12 angles. Yes, he would have made sure his foreskin was ruddy and clean, maybe not clean, so that he could show it all off. Like you had that written in there so well. Again, I I imagined Tommy Wiseau's penis, and I don't know if I wanted to, but I did. I can't tell you how much of my day is spent thinking about Tommy Wiseau's penis. I mean, you you described it like to a T how it probably looks. There's a reason he wears six belts. He's tucking a boner. He's got to be. He's got all the time. He's tucking that big old Tim was just solemnly walking down the street and looks over and sees a sees a pizza shop and a guy throwing dough into the air. He's like, Doughy, that's it. It's the doughiest foreskin I've ever seen. Well done. Well done. Well done. Good scripts, boys. A little too well. Oh, my God. I just want more of this. We'll have to do this again sometime. We might even just do the room again. Uh, this is <laughs> so bring back more. I don't know. That was some good stuff. Absolutely you, ridiculous. You... <laughs> Katie did a read-through of this with me before I sent it off to you. And she goes, you know we gotta film this now, right? I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you do. Definitely. So, hey, if, if any of you guys are uncircumcised and want to be my penis stunt double. <laughs> It needs to be big, beautiful, and a little bit cheese curdy, so you can kind of see the holes in the penis and the ass. Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, look, guys. I think I think I got this one. I think I'm gonna phone this. Uh, don't tell it. I got it. You don't have to tell it, my manager. I'm I'm the Top Shorts Award winner of July 2020. I will be glad to take the role of stunt double penis. For Tim, Tommy Wiseau. For t- Tommy you just, Wiseau, you just want to be able to put that on your resume. Yes. Hex yes. dog. Yeah, yeah, that would be the best resume filler ever. I just want that now. Special <laughs> skills: singing, juggling, probably uncircumcised. <laughs> Can look doughy, full frontal. Full frontal. <laughs> doughy dong. Ugh. Oh. It's not far off. It's not far off to con- uh, as the person that's probably seen more dongs in this uh, in this Skype chat than anybody. Well, I don't know, actually. Maybe you've all seen a lot more dongs, but I've seen a lot of dongs. They're doughy. 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 <laughs> I just 
I just want to point out, I think this is exactly what Tommy Wiseau would want from the end of this podcast. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think so. <laughs> Dreaming about his death. <laughs> yes. York, so far, you are so correct. It's absurd. And not for nothing, like, he would, that would, like, the ending of your script, Tim, that would literally be, like, what he would do. Like, not if I get you first, and, like, (laughs) (laughs) I just picture him just, like, having a zipper and and just, like, (laughs) just, like, He's got, like, tear away stripper clothes on him. He's probably wearing those zip-off pants. He pulls it away, all the clothes tear away, and he's still got belts on Yeah, so only belts. (laughs) (laughs) Only belts. Oh, yeah, that's it. All belts. Oh, what if his clothes were just made of all belts? Oh, it's that's that's called S and M, and it exists already. She goes to blow him in one seed and like gets on her knees and like is sexily taking off the belts, but there's like belt after belt oh, after one. belt. Oh yeah. Oh, another one. Oh wow, a third. Okay, are we gonna get there? You gotta <laughs> guess a combination on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be a very funny short. <laughs> oh. So good. Oh, my God. I want to keep talking about this movie and these particular sequels till the cows come home. But unfortunately, um, my cows are already home. So, uh, Timmy, before we get out of here, I know that we're still in the middle of this pandemic. Maybe not a lot of creative uh, projects going on. But is there anything you have upcoming you want to plug, you want to pitch to anybody uh, or even just share your like your social media? if People want to follow you. Uh, Yeah. um, uh, The Timmy Carroll at the Timmy Carroll on everything. Hit me up. Hey, I, I take special requests. I don't do much art anymore, but if you have a special request, you send it my way. I'll make it happen, player. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to film this sketch now. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, open casting call. I'm putting it out there. If you are uh, <laughs> if you got a big doughy foreskin, yeah. send it next to Wait, to you're, me. wait you're, 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 DMs, you're replacing you're me? What the fuck? <laughs> Justin, Justin, we're we're putting on a professional production here. We got to do our due diligence and make sure. Oh, oh my! We can okay. 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 I guess I can audition. I guess I can audition. <laughs> can you come read? <laughs> you get a piece of paper. You get a. Uh, you get the sides and it just says take your dick out. <laughs> Pull, take it off. <laughs> Parenthetical <laughs> <laughs> on the side. <laughs> yeah, I had an audition. It was just in the basement of like a house. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got on, a black couch. I, <laughs> it was on a black leather couch. MC Buddy. Spoons. <laughs> yeah, you guys get that reference. Shout yeah. out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Try these handcuffs on for me. Um, uh, Justin, Kira, is there anything you guys have coming up you want to plug or pitch for anybody? You got anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, um, there's this podcast I've been helping with. Uh, it's called This Film Is Not Yet Created. And uh, <laughs> I've been doing the art for it and stuff just for fun because it's like totally wild. And I think you guys should check it out. <laughs> I just want to like plug that. <laughs> Please. I might have to check that out then. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, oh. any, you guys win any awards or anything you want to brag about? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So I won. Doughiest foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> not over the doughy yet. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty doughy. <laughs> I hope I win. A, I hope I win. I want. I want to win an award for that one. So I'll let's make, make it happen. happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sponsored What's by the... Pillsbury. <laughs> <laughs> and the award I love the way it feels. My belly button. Yeah, yes. just it. 
A golden floppy doughy dong. <laughs> oh, that's again. Strong. <laughs> the, doughy, the doughy goes to. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Great story, everyone. <laughs> Cool sequels, guys. Cool sequels, guys. Yeah, I had a good time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being with us, guys. Thanks for being with us. This has been a blast. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to get going because I I found a ring that gives me all of the power in the world, but I don't want to share with anyone, so I'm just going to hang out in my cave. Mm. Well, sorry, but I gotta run. I'm a plumber named Mario Mario, and my brother <laughs> Luigi Mario. Uh, we're, we're going on this job, but then all of a sudden we fell into this underworld, and now we gotta take down the Koopas. <sighs> <sighs> Man, that sounds rough, but you know what? I, I really gotta get going too because uh, I'm a, I've been disgruntled about an old. French and Indian War I fought in, and recently some British guy killed my son, and now I gotta lead a revolution to possibly start a new country. Yeah, guys, wow. I gotta get out of here. I'm uh, I, I live in a home for socially awkward people, and my brother saw me counting toothpicks, so now he wants to take me to Vegas to play blackjack. <laughs> oh my god, well that's wild, because I gotta go, because my girlfriend just turned into a dog and started calling herself the gatekeeper. She's looking for a key master, <laughs> so I gotta go fill that position. Whew. 